Welcome to Dragon Talk in 2020! This studio audience is hopping today. This is the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. My name is Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Shelly Mazanoble. We are here to say 2020 is a happy new year today. (laughs) (laughs) We have gotten even more talented. We rehearsed that. Yes. (laughs) Along with our dance moves. It is happening. I like that dance move. Another exactly. reason why you should watch this on Twitch. Oh, yeah. So you can see the dance. Twitch.tv slash d We record every Fridays. But you're getting this on the Dragon Talk feed on yeah. RSS. So that's also cool, too. You're the best. You're the best. Around. No one's going to ever keep you down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think of the next line. I'm sorry I let you down. We've already announced something in this year. What? Did you know that? Yeah. We've got a lot of awesome things uh, that were on the tail end of 2019 there, such as the Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty role-playing tabletop game adventure. Oh yeah! I think I messed up those four words at the end there. But I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking tabletop about? Tabletop role-playing game adventure. That's it. Uh, as well as Eberron, Rising from the Last yes. War. Boom shakalaka. Yes. Um, but we've announced some dice. Dice, dice. Laryl Silverhand's Explorer's Kit. I love it. Uh, it is coming out on March 17th. It is very similar in packaging and form to the uh, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus dice set, yes. which universally I think people enjoyed. Like, oh, yeah. The idea of having two dice trays, uh, 11 dice, two D20s, uh, and you know, all of that content within it, um, including maps. There's a map of the Sword Coast. So cool. In Laryl Silverhand's uh, Explorer's Kit. Yeah, that one's Jam-packed with goodies. There is uh, little uh, bios on major characters in the Forgotten Realms, but in uh, Waterdeep specifically. There are uh, so many wonderful things, uh, including the beautiful, I haven't even mentioned the dice. The dice are these beautiful blue, silvery, shimmery, yeah. uh, you know, plastic, but amazing in their form. I want them all I over want my them. face. You know, once you roll with a dice tray, yeah. it's really hard to not use one ever again. It like, is, isn't it? Where have you been my whole life? I know. Why do I feel like I need this? But I love it. It's nice having it contained because how many yeah. times have you been in a game where you're like, you roll it and it falls like, off the oh, table. Oh, can you grab my dice for me? Right, and then you oh, roll it yeah. again and it falls off the table again yeah. and you're like, come on! And it was a 20. Yeah. And the like, does it count? count it? No. Yeah, that's no. what I'm going to do. You won't count sloppy dice. <laughs> I don't count, count sloppy dice. <laughs> sloppy dice, drink twice. It depends on if it's if it's a twenty, I'll let you keep it. But you if would? I would. I totally would. Aw. Yeah. Cool. I don't think I would take that like yay away from well, anybody. I'm, you won't have to worry about it because I'm gonna have a dice tray. That's my DM philosophy. I will never take your yay away. <gasps> Aw. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. What? Yes. Um, speaking of t-shirts, we printed up a whole bunch of t-shirts, uh, which I'm not wearing one of the new ones. These I, are one of the older I designs. Need, I need to get some of those. They're in boxes. They're I have amazing. A, we have a, uh, a cool yellow one. It looks really retro in yep. uh, blue and red ink uh, with the um, dragon design on it. There isn't a silver one. Uh, with uh, the blue shirt with silver print. I love that. That one's really cool. There's yeah. a black one with a gold outline of Ooh, the Ampersand uh, that Wait, Shauna I... Wolf Narciso calls our Batman shirt. <gasps> awesome. Which is very, very accurate. Um, and then I think we have this design too, but we're also thinking about some puffy uh, uh, oh treatments so that we can have a Ampersand that puffs out a little bit three-dimensionally. Oh, that's kind of cool. It might be really cool, but... That one how about um, flip sequins? I tried. All the rage. I know. Me and Emmy were talking about how we would design. She called it a mermaid shirt. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, oh, that's yeah. apt. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, the kids love those. Yes, they do. The flip shirts. They love them so much they almost banned them from school. <gasps> really? Because there's too much touching. Uh, too much, like other kids running up to other kids and, and like touching them, rubbing right. their chests, and, and then the kids just sit in class. Boop, 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 also see that leading to... Well, that's why I'll never wear one. <laughs> I only wear it on my back. Yeah, the, the flip thing on my <laughs> back. Might feel yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, give me some, <laughs> some scratches. <laughs> I'm like a cat. I just want scratches. I know. Please. Me too. Yeah, that's why you're, you're tabaxi. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's what the content is, is trying to find uh, your long-lost lit mate, li- I litter mate. I would love to know what happened to Daryl Two-Shoes. We may, maybe we'll find out one day. Maybe. Maybe. Into the far future. Maybe. Uh, Jelly and I, of course, are talking about a fun D&D session we've got planned with some newcomers. So we're yep. going to be making that happen. And we'll report back on here on this here podcast all about it. I'm excited. We'll even like interview them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she would actually be an excellent interview. That'd be fantastic. Yes. Yeah, we can make that happen. Okay. 2500 bucks. <laughs> Um, so we have the uh, dice coming out March 17th. As I said, it's called Laryl uh, Silverhand's Explorer's Kit. Yes. Um, we also have another product that's coming out in February 14th. Yes, we do. What's that one called? Dungeon Mayhem Monster Madness. Monster Madness. Monster Madness. I keep thinking it's know, Monster Mayhem. Do you know why it's called Monster Madness? Because there's monsters in it? Yes. And they're mad? Six of them. What? You get to play as monsters. I love it. And there's also the five to six player rules for all you people that were trying to go rogue and just do it anyway. And a box. And a beautiful box that you can store all of your Dungeon Mayhem cards in. There is like a little slot for all 12. There will be 12 Mayhem decks out by this time. Did I tell you that I stole the box and I showed it off on D&D News? Oh, I'm glad you did. With the box. I didn't open it up. I just did the outside. I was going to say, I don't think the... Like the, the insert inside was, was in it. Yeah, so I just did the outside. Well, the when outside. we get the real one, you'll have to show There's it up There's alternate again. versions of the characters on the box. That's yeah. so cool. I didn't realize that because one of my favorite ones is the Mimic, the chair. Oh, what's in, what's Mimi Lachaise. Mimi Lachaise. Yes. Uh, but there was uh, Mimi Lachaise as a flower pot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's, um, her cards are some of the best. You can change the form. Yes. And then there's the, the Beholder. Mimi. What's the Beholder's name? Delilah Deathray. Oh, she's so cool. She's very wonderful. Now, she is going to be like my mascot for February 14th because it is Valentine's Day. Yes, and she's it is. very, you know, she's got the puckered lips that are yep. perfect for Mwah. for uh, Valentine's Day things happening. Yes. We've got to get Emmy Tanji making some Valentine's Day we're social meeting, images we're for We're meeting you. about that next week. We got some meetings on the books. I'm very excited. Um, um, speaking of meetings on the books, we are talking to Wolfgang Bauer heck yeah, on the we interview are. for this episode of Dragon Talk. Very excited to talk to him about what is in store for 2020 from Kobold Press. Uh, no, he's got good stuff cooking. Dave always, always. They're always cooking up. Always. Cooking up hot that's content. That's why he's been on our show like six times. Yeah. He, that's why you're a friend of the show because he's making yes. amazing things happen yes. uh, on the regular. Well, I hope he brings show and tell. I hope so too. That's really always do. my favorite bit yeah, when he's like, do. look at these cool things. Yeah. Um, I, I love cracking open uh, the, the books because uh, they're – they're they're longer than our books. They're like yeah. very long and they they're are. so dense. I just love being like, I'm just gonna go find a new rabbit hole to fall down in yep. uh, in Midgard. Look, and they're beautiful. Beautiful. All right, so we'll have that very soon. Um, other things on the horizon. We know by the time you're listening to this, you may have knowledge of a new product that is out there and is going. I keep saying product. It makes me feel dirty every single time I say it. Product. It's a new book. Why Very does exciting. Make you feel I don't know. It's kind of how people say like, content is a bad word. Is it like home shopping network? Yeah. Dirt? 
It feels a little bit like I'm like we're like we're shilling, even though like we're I'm, storytelling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, your mileage may vary. I <laughs> am excited about this new book because of the partnerships involved within it. Oh. I'm going to hint really strongly. I know you are, and I'm not going to be involved in this conversation. Some of the most exciting people that we've ever talked to are involved in this uh, book, and you'll find out about it. Uh, you know, Monday, January 13th. I think we've been pretty clear about saying, we've announced the announcement. <laughs> I'm not involved. Yeah. I'm not saying a word. Don't say a word, Shelly. Too scared. Um, not, don't spoil it like I spoiled six-player rules for Monster Madness. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I just did that mostly to make you squirm. Antagonizing. Yeah, that's true. I we know. lift each other up while we antagonize. And we antagonize each other. It's the way to make it happen. Oh, it's exciting. It's we have six-player rules now. Six-player rules. And it was all because of my antagonism yeah. that made it happen. I caved. I'm like, fine. Fine. I don't want people to play with six players, but okay. All right. You just, I think, well, you wanted people to play with six players. You wanted them to just do it with. That was uh, in the works for a long time. Yeah. Because as soon as people played that game, they're like, wouldn't it be great if we could play with more Well, yeah, people? I mean, you're going to get these six amazing new decks. You're just going to want to throw down with all of them. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to play it with Quinn. I play, I play, I t- play tested some of uh, the player decks in it, and they're super fun. They're they really very, are. Um, flavorful for the monsters. I like that they're not just your run-of-the-mill interpretations of those monsters, too, because there's, there's, like there's a Mind Flayer, there's a Red Dragon, but... The there's red a dra- cube. There's a gelatinous cube. There's a gelatinous cube. Cube. Blork. Blorb. 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 You can pronounce it however you want because it's a gelatinous cube and it's the cutest gelatinous cube Aww. I've ever seen. I want to I want to give it a big hug. He wants to and hug then absorb you. into it. Yes. I know. He's got those little hands. Oh, he's so cute. But the red dragon is also very fun. You might just think like, oh, it's just going to be breath weapon and blah blah blah, but he's got this like weird capitalist yeah. um, Mr. Monopoly kind of feel to what he's doing, he, which yeah. is I think he even has a monocle. He's got a monocle. Yeah. All right. When have you ever seen a red dragon with a monocle? And the mind flayer who is actually a therapist. Yeah, he's yeah. going to make you feel better about yeah. yourself he's as you eat your brain. He's going to study a brain and then eat it. He's got a cool name, too. Um, yes, Lord Tenaculus. No, not, oh, Doctor, Dr. Tenaculus. Tentaculus. Tentaculus. Because Ten, he's got ten, ten, Tentaculus. Tentaculus. Yes. Tentaculus. <laughs> you went a little Max Headroom oh, there. Oh, and then we You're have... you And then we have Hoots Magoots. Hoots Magoots! The owlbear. Oh, that face. Mm. I, any, everything about this uh, whole set makes me excited. I'm so glad. Yeah, the artwork is really good. Who yeah. did the artwork? Cam Kendall. Cam Kendall. We love Cam Kendall. Knocked it out of the park. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Good interpretations of these new that. monsters. Yeah. Um, and I think you're all going to dig it on February 14th. What better way to say I love you? I know. Than to uh, box of monsters. eat the face off your leave, opponent. Leave the chocolate on the shelf. Bring home a box of monsters. Well, eat the chocolate, you know, as a reward for... I mean, if you can do both, yeah, great. Right. Why not well, do some both? People can't do Why both. not? Mm. So we are excited about uh, the uh, Laryl Silverhands yes. Explorers Kit as well as Monster Madness. Yes. Um, I think for folks who may not know everything about Laryl Silverhand, maybe it's time to do some Lori Should Know on. Let's on her. do it. I think we've done one in the past, or at least I've mentioned her uh, on several Lores in the past. But let's 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 do a deep dive on her with uh, Mr. Adam Lee. I like introducing it because I actually know what is going to be coming up next this time. It's very handy. Yeah. Well, let's give a little listen before we come back and talk to Wolfgang.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. My name is Greg Tito, and I'm joined by... Adam Lee. Hi, Adam Lee. Hello, Greg Tito. I like that your name is an adverb. Uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Johnny Dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad always used to say you, you couldn't have been named Ugg. <laughs> Oh, I've been ugly. 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 <laughs> what are you looking at? Uh, and uh, today on this lore segment where we jump into little bits of fun D&D information that you can use in your game yeah. or just to know because it's fun to know these things, we're going to talk about Laryl Silverhand. Mm-hmm. She is a very powerful character within the Forgotten Realms and is a namesake of a product Yes. That's pretty cool. We Super cool product. Recently announced Laryl Silverhand's Explorer's Kit, mm-hmm. uh, which is a set of dice with a whole bunch of fun um, information about Forgotten Realms characters yeah. and locations. Right? A lot of Sword Coast uh, personalities that you've grown to know and love. And also, yeah, locations as well, like um, you know, Icewind Dale and uh, Waterdeep and uh, I think Baldur's Gate's in there. You know, we know about all Baldur's Gate. That's, yeah. Uh, some nasty doings going down there. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff. Um, uh, really cool images. A lot of art done by our illustrious Sean Wood Sweet. in that set. Yeah. And so you can see some new stuff that he's been working on. And, uh, yeah, you can show it to your players when you're playing and say, this is who you're meeting in this uh, in this tavern. I, I, that's one of the best things I like about uh, having those small form factor because they're only about four inches by four inches. Yeah. And then you can be like, but, you know, here's, yeah. here's who you're talking to and you don't necessarily give it, like, it's not like you're opening a yeah. book and you're spreading out their stat block yeah, or something like that. Yeah, you're trying to hold the pages and hide the stuff that yeah. they're not supposed to see. Yeah. yeah, you can just be like, here they are and you can even hand yep. it around, you know, to yeah. a certain extent. Um, so that's awesome. And of course the dice look beautiful oh, within it. Yeah. Um, but it was named after Laryl Silverhand yeah. because of her awesomeness and prominence. And we wanted to kind of elevate her as a character because of all the cool things that she's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Laryl Silverhand, um, you know, she's a super powerful, um, very old, um, you know, she goes way back to the 700 DR era when she was born. Um, and we're at like 1492 DR, so it's more than 700 years old. Yeah, she's more than 700 years old. Um, She was born, um, she's one of the seven sisters. So the seven sisters are these chosen of Mystra. So Mystra is a goddess of magic, and at some point Mystra understood that there was going to be, you know, the time of troubles, and she knew that gods were going to retreat from the world. And so Mystra was like, okay, you know, there's a lot of evil in this world, and... um, the world needs to be defended against said evil. So what she decided to do was to put some of her magic into mortal mortal uh, people and so that they might be able to defend themselves when, when the gods sort of left the world. Mm-hmm. And so she created what were called the Chosen of Mystra. And these are people like Elminster, you know, big guns. Um, and so <laughs> big she... Big staffs. Yeah, big staffs. Yeah, they're out there. Um, so she created these, you know, um, chose to Mistra, just willy-nilly, boom, 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 you know, here you go, mortal. And some of the mortals, you know, turned into Elminster and were like, you know, defenders of goodness and justice. Others became warped by the magic. The magic was too powerful for the mortal body. And so they turned to evil. Mm. And um, in fact, one of them was the person who started the cult of the dragon. I see. Um, an evil wizard and became twisted by this. Um, and by the some, fact that Mistra... Yeah. Them. So just magic by its own nature 
um, then when it hits the mind, you know, the, the, there can be, you know, delusions of power and they just become, I've got so much, you know, wizardry might that I'm going to rule the world. And, um, and then others actually just, it just vaporized them. They got to a point where their power just became so great. They kind of Dr. Manhattan and just didn't oh, wow. come to, they just blew to bits or they, they melted into a pile of mush or they disappeared into a red mist or, you know, just went and gone into another dimension, never to be found again. So, so all that happened. And so Mr. was like, well, I've got to figure out another way to do this. That's a little bit more, um, that has a little bit more, uh, sort of guarantee to it. So what Mr. does is she finds, um, this, this noble, you know, stalwart, hardy, uh, man, um, called, I think his name, let's see. Um, let me check my little thing. Oh, Dornell. So Dornell Silverhand. And so Dornell is this, um, um, you know, she feels he's worthy. And so then what she does is, um, through Dornell's, um, uh, sort of paramour, um, this woman named Elue Shundar, uh, she embodies and kind of melds together with Elue. And then they, you know, Dornell and Louie get together and they have, you know, when a guy and a girl like each other a lot. Um, <laughs> even in D&D. Even in D&D, this They happens. can make uh, a child. They can make a child. In this case, they made seven. Oh. Bam. Wow. And each one was one of the seven sisters. Oh. So, and of course, one of those is Laryl Silverhand. So Laryl is, you know, a chosen of Mistra. She has this magic um, within her, and she also has seven powerful sisters that she... Um, um, or six powerful sisters. Or six powerful sisters, yes. She's one of seven. She's one of seven. And um, so they all kind of grow up and go off and do amazing things on Faerun. Some of the sisters um, become, you know, world famous, and they're members of the Harpers. They lead the Harpers and... And other sisters kind of um, go into a, an area and they defend it against all evil. Some build cities. Others, um, you know, become sort of go off into mystery and, you know, and others, are, others get killed. Others die sacrificing themselves for a, for a place. Um, and so all the sisters do this amazing stuff because they're super powerful. Well, Laryl goes off and she uh, starts off as an adventurer. So she's... She's a wizard, but she's also a ranger. She's super adept at a sword. She can handle herself. She can shoot bows and arrows. She can tavern. You know, she'll drink with her buddies like that. She's just this awesome adventurer, super powerful and tough. Um, she gets well-known throughout the Sword Coast especially um, and travels you know, far to the east and south and um, is a part of an adventure, different adventuring parties, but one of the main ones she's known for is this adventuring party called the nine the nine they're just nine super tough badass cool awesome people um but and in one of these adventures with the nine she's tricked and a uh an evil uh an evil um you know wizard tricks her into getting this thing called the the crown of horns okay and the nine are like yeah cool magic item laryl says that's awesome i'll put it on she puts it on and she goes insane Oh, no. Yeah. Is it a cursed item? It's a cursed item. Ouch. And it's kind of connected to Merkel. So she's oh, of kind of tangling with this god energy, and there's all this negativity going on, and she loses her mind, and she becomes evil. Oh. And she has this whole episode where she, you know, she, she turns to the dark side. She's now a Sith Lord, and she's just <laughs> throwing, you know, her Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes mad. And um, this guy called Kelvin Blackstaff, we all may know about this fellow, 
Um, he is a super powerful wizard as well, and he's another chosen of Mistra. And he comes to Laryl's aid at her darkest hour and brings her back, takes her back, pulls her into sanity, takes care of her, nurses her back to health and sanity. Removes the crown. Restores her mind, yeah. And, um, and anyway, Laryl and Kelvin then fall in love. And this oh, is how... Florence Nightingale effect. It is. It is totally. So... Laryl um, and Kelvin have this, this wonderful relationship, and then, um, you know, ultimately Kelvin dies. His energy goes into the Black Staff, and then that becomes the, the Black Staff that's handed off in Waterdeep throughout ages, and now Vashra has it, Vashra mm-hmm. Safar. So, um, but part of Kelvin's soul is still in the Black Staff, and Laryl would always talk to it. But now this, this new uppity, um, like she's like plucky and she, um, she has lots of inner, in, uh, like innate ability to, um, to wield magic and she, uh, Vashra. And she now owns the Blackstaff and she's now, you know, the, the mage of Waterdeep. And Laryl's a little bit envious because like Vashra now has this Blackstaff and she has communication with Kelvin. Oh, so, so because it's like a spurned lover type of. Uh, so, why, why did Aaron uh, Kelvin Aronson leave again? Why, why was? Oh, um, I think. How did he die? Um, I forget exactly. So he actually is perished. He's not, yeah, he's, he's perished. Only- I think he died defending. Like there was some yeah, I forget that part, but yeah, he 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 died, and his his body like blew into the tower, like his spirit now. Possesses parts of the tower, but a lot of it came into the into the black staff. The staff itself. So yeah. So and, and then was he training Vashra he, ahead of time? Or? He actually trained Vashra's successor or uh, Vashra's predecessor. So uh, there was this this other uh, wizard who was um, you know in charge of Black Staff Tower and all that, and he actually uh, was training Vashra to be his successor, um, and that that guy. They were Vasher also was lovers with this dude, oh. and he wound up getting killed as, as well. well at the yeah. same time. So then all um, of a sudden it passed to Vasher. It passed to Vajra. and she was she was getting trained for it, but she wasn't quite there yet. Got it. And so then all of a sudden, all this like um, responsibilities on her shoulders because Vasher now, being the Black Staff, she is in charge of defending Waterdeep if things go really wrong. Yeah. So she has the power to um, animate the walking statues. Like if Vashra says, you know, we got to animate the walking statues, they, they'll actually get up and respond to her commands. Um, Vashra also is in charge of Force Grey. So Force Grey are these, you know, crazy powerful adventurers that um, are either in the city or they're scattered about. But if she sends out the Force Grey signal, then they respond. They come, you know, instantly, and they're just like, you know, what is your bidding, you know, my queen? And right. They, then they go and do it. So, so Laryl and Vasha now ha- have this contentious relationship within the city of Waterdeep because Vasha has a lot of power, but Laryl became the open lord. How, how did yeah. that happen? So that happened when um, so Waterdeep used to be under the control of Dagult Neverember, and he was basically corrupt <laughs> and super corrupt and um, was running water deep into the ground and there was just a lot of shitty stuff going on 
And all the open lords decided, hey, we want to vote in a new person. And then there was this sort of unanimous vote and Laryl was the one they chose because Laryl has been involved in Waterdeep for ages. She's been around. Um, she, she has connections all through Waterdeep. She knows a lot of the nobles. She knows a lot of the, the adventurers that go there. Um, she's also connected through the Harpers and because she's a Harper and also through the Lord's Alliance. So she knows the big power players in all of the cities along the Sword Coast. Right. And because she's been an adventurer, she knows like merchants in, you know, all the different like Baldur's Gate and Kalimshan and Am and, and all these areas and also up into the north. Like she knows people in Luskin and Icewind Dale and all this stuff. So Laryl's super connected. And so because of that, and also Mert, the moneylender, he's a big player also in, in Waterdeep. And they're like buds. They're like best buds. Oh, because they've been in the Harpers together and have been able yeah, to. Yeah, and, and they just, yeah, they've, they've just known each other and they've had each other's backs. So, um, so Laryl was one of the Mast Lords? She, uh, yeah, I think she was a Mast, mast Lord until... Then they just then the, until there was the big vote, and they said, "No, you're going to be the open lord." So Laryl gets put up to being the open lord after Daggle, I remember leaves, and this is of course talked about in Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Yeah, why he leaves and he leaves the money, and then that's yeah the object of Dragon Heist is to find that yeah Daggle's embezzled cash, you right. know. So but, it, but by the time of that adventure, Laryl's yes basically the mayor of the town. Yeah, yep, she's running the show. Daggle has bugged out. Daggle heads to north to Neverwinter, mm-hmm. and actually Daggle kind of turns a new leaf over there. Um, Neverwinter is actually one of the cards in the in the dice set we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So, so Daggle goes to Neverwinter, and he's he's basically shamed, but he's got big ideas and big plans still because you know he's he's sort of like this you know hard tough leader guy. And, and I think, I feel like, um, you know, it's kind of now currently in the story where we are now, um, I feel like Daggle turns Neverwinter around. Like yeah. Neverwinter had just been obliterated by Mount Hote now just blowing up and then the huge chasm opened up and then there were all monsters coming out. Daggle pretty much pieces Neverwinter back together. He shores up the city. He defends it from monsters. He seals up the chasm restores everything to order and Neverwinter people are just like, you are awesome. Like, we love you. Keep doing what you're doing. And I think Daggle at this point is kind of like, hey, it's kind of cool being a good guy. Like, <laughs> people don't hate me and I don't have to watch my back and it feels awesome. So, you know, currently that's where we are in the story with Neverwinter. And I feel like going forward, that's kind of where maybe Daggle's heading. We don't know. He, he's, he's definitely, he's had a very big history of being a sort of seedy, um, shady kind of dude. Right. From, but, a, from a, uh, a a noble house. From a noble right. house. Yeah, but his certainly. son's pretty cool. At yeah, least in Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Renair's is a is a solid uh, good guy. So um, and, a, and a Harper as well, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So that's really uh, uh, kind of cool. Now, since, since Laryl has been open lord, what's what's been the political landscape in, in Waterdeep and, and how is she at the center of it? So she is, you know, working out her issues with Vajra, um, you know, both being very powerful, both being uh, wizards and mages. Laryl definitely has the edge because Vajra is very young relatively to Laryl and Laryl is, you know, centuries old. So I think they're, they've worked that out 
And, um, you know, I, I believe now I say, I would say post dragon heist that they both understand each other. They both respect each other as, as mages. And, um, I think there's a lot Laryl, um, or Vashkrath can learn from Laryl, but I also think there's probably something that Laryl is learning from Vashra as well. Um, but overall people in Waterdeep, uh, like, and appreciate Laryl Silverhand since she kind of oh, took yeah. over from their, you know, kind of villainous previous leader, which was Dagold. Yeah. Laryl is, you know... I mean, Loved in the city? Yeah, totally. She is a solid person. I mean, she's, you know, described throughout all the books as being, you know, sort of like, um, you know, Kelvin, Blackstaff, when they were both together, they... Kelvin was always described as being, you know, sort of bombastic and, you know, like hard-ass. And, and Laryl was always like the softer, more diplomatic, level-headed, um, you know, gentle side. And I think she's carried that through with her rulership. I mean, Laryl's like one of those people that the first impression is, is very soft and loving. And then she could be um, extremely, uh, you know, like see through any and cut through stuff because she's centuries old. So people who are trying to play some kind of game with her, she's seen it all. Yeah. So she has that political sort of power to be in a room with a bunch of, you know, these very smart, um, maybe some of them could be conniving individuals and just see them like children, you know, like yeah. she's, she's just got that power. So when you're in a room with Laryl, you, you sense her on all those levels. You sense that there is this incredibly wise, powerful person looking at you. And then you can also feel like this benevolence of her as well. And, um, so I think because of that, like she has time, she makes time for just regular everyday people, um, she, she trains like new mages who come to her with, you know, uh, you know, she, she has, she has time to, to give to them. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think Waterdeep really loves Laryl and I think Waterdeep's in a great place because it is this, um, experiment, uh, for the, the Sword Coast. Uh, most, you know, if you look at all the cities, um, there is there isn't really one that's like Waterdeep in the sense that Waterdeep is very uh, welcoming. It's uh, super um, diverse, very cosmopolitan. Um, all peoples from all over exist there in harmony, and as well uh, as having a love of adventurers. Yeah, right? yeah. Because I mean, they've uh, saved the city a lot in the oh, past. Yeah. But then also Laryl being an adventurer herself and yeah. having that background of, of, of doing great deeds and, and, yeah. and saving lots of cultures, right? That, that trickles down to the rest of the, the city, right? Yeah. And also that the city is sitting on Undermountain, one yeah. of the biggest, or if not the biggest dungeon in Faerun. So, and both Durnan, who runs the Yawning Portal and Mert are both, um, you know, they were young, you know, toughs <laughs> way back in the day, like Mert was a mercenary, Jernan was a mercenary. They both met being mercenaries. And uh, when they, they hung out and they became buds, and then they both decided, well, let's go settle in Waterdeep. And then they had a sojourn, went into Undermountain. And uh, this was during the time when actually Mert became a lord of Waterdeep. And so they both went down into Undermountain, came back fabulously wealthy. And Everybody was like, how did they do that? They should, you know, what did you find? You should be there? dead. Yeah, you should be dead. But they, they didn't tell what happened down there. They just got a bunch of loot. Mert buys a mansion. Dernan buys the awning portal. And Dernan is now the one who, you know, put the, you know, there's the big hole that goes into Undermountain. He charges you a gold to go down. He charges you a gold to get back up. 
And, uh, you know, he's like, try your luck, you know, go for it. And um, so, you know, it it does have this, uh, Waterdeep does have this massive history of being a home for adventurers and, and in itself as an adventure, of course, there's also Skullport, you know, so yeah. you can, there's another place where you can go and that's an old, built on an old Netherese ruin, so... Yeah. I love. I, I mean, I love all that, and a lot of these are in cars that are in the yeah. Federal Silver Hands uh, Explorers Kit. Yeah. Um, I think I think you described this pretty well, but if you could just succinctly say, like, if you were to be uh, uh, introducing Laryl as an NPC, uh, how would you how would you play her? Um, I think you know, uh, I I would probably roughly model her on Gladriel at Lord of the Rings. Like okay. you can see her as this very. Because she is half elven, right? Yeah, yeah. So her mother was a half elf, so I guess she's a quarter elf. But um, but <laughs> she's yeah. a part elven. Yeah, she's definitely she's got that lineage in her. She's you know she's old enough and has enough magic of the magic of Mister in her to know and to kind of be able to connect. She's also telepathically contacted with her sisters. Um, one of her sisters, you know, is in spirit form. In fact, I think there's two of them. One one is in spirit form that moves around um, saloon. And then there's Kilue or Kilue? Kilue, I think is how you pronounce it. I love Kilua in my coffee. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> Kilua and cream. <sighs> but and yeah. also very good in spirit form as well. Yeah. No, Kilue is, she's now a, um, she's now just in the weave. Yeah. She's not she's even part a spirit. of the magic. Yeah. But um, Saloon actually is a, um, she's, she moves as a spirit and she's called the spirit harper. Um, but yeah, so, so Laryl has this sort of connection to elven magic, like the old Mithdranar elves and all that. And yeah. she's also connected to her sisters through the weave and through the, and I'd imagine she's connected to the chosen mystery. She can probably just like kind of go, Elminster, what's up? And he'll be like, Hey, speak to me. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's kind of cool. All right. So, so yeah. she's got this kind of otherworldly, but also yep. very, um, uh, pragmatic in, yeah. in the running of the city? Yeah, she's less, you know, she's less sort of aloof than Gladriel. I think, you know, you can start with that if you're if you're a DM and you want to run Laryl, um, you know, the way I would run her. I would kind of have Gladriel, but then with a, a kind of a down-to-earth thing. Like, she would actually, like, in Gladriel's most down-to-earth moments, that's probably sort of the baseline for Laryl. Yeah. Um, Those she, were always my favorite moments for her. Yeah. She does feel... Yeah otherworldly but then mm-hmm. you know when it is uh, a soft joke or something yeah, like that yeah. like oh right though there is yeah you know, she's like smiling at you know Gimli or something like that yeah. she's like oh you know exactly so, so that yeah. makes a lot of sense to and as you said about how she was the the more uh, diplomatic of the partnership with her and Aronson uh, Black yeah. Aronson so yeah uh, very cool. Well, uh, I love all this. I love all the information that is within the Lateral Silverhands uh, Explorers Kit. I want more people to, you know, use uh, her character. Um, you know, obviously, yeah. Waterdeep Dragon Heist was uh, a prime time to use that, but I think there's ways to, as you said, because she can have her uh, influence in all types of yeah. storytelling because yep. she's a chosen Amistra. Um, I think that'd be really cool. So I hope more people get into it. If people wanted to ask questions about uh, uh, Laryl or anything, uh, how can people get in touch with you? Yep, I'm on Twitter at Adam of Adventure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and I hope people pick up the dice set uh, called the Laryl Silverhands Explorers Kit when it comes out on March 17th. It's super cool. It's really neat. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. We'll be back with Thanks, some more Greg. fun stuff next week. Yeah.
I know a lot more about the lore behind Laryl Silverhand now. And I'm even more excited to get her kit. Exactly. And yes. explore with it. Yes. I'm going to take it out on the road. Very interesting. Did you know, maybe uh, you probably didn't since you don't work on the DT team, people listening at home, the code name for that product was Backpack. Oh, that's and right. So now you really can take it on the road right. with you. And, Is that uh, why it was, because it was an explorer? Explorer's kit? Is that uh, why it was called Backpack? There's not always a clear reason between... Uh, uh, no, there isn't. ...codenames and not. Uh, so and now I'm like verging the territory where I don't want to talk about codenames uh, a lot, but it's uh, it's an important part of what we're talking about. Back, yeah. And every, every once in a while you'll hear me say things like uh, um, when we were talking about, say, uh, Baldur's Gate, uh, what was the codename for that? I remember I slipped one. Eclipse. Eclipse was the codename for that, and then every once in a while, in us talking about it, I will call it Eclipse, or, yes. or I think even Chris or um, Adam called it's it Eclipse a few to, times. Yeah, because you shake get, it. I mean, because you refer to it for like a year or yes. more under that name, and then all of a sudden you have something different. But yeah, backpack was. I think the idea of it was like that it was uh, an evergreen, uh, and that you can you know use it with every adventure. And we're like, what do you use with every adventure? A backpack. Yes. And then that was. I think that was the idea behind it. Cool. We should do an entire segment on... On, on how we codename. On how we codename <laughs> or what previous codenames were because I think as a fan that sometimes is really interesting. I did, well, the D&D Rick and Morty one had an excellent codename if I do say so myself. Did you make up that codename? What was it again? Relish. Relish. Yeah, that Get was it? really good. Get it? Because you were taking a pickle and chopping it up and well, then adding... Pickle, I had a pickle association, but also because fans were going to relish... Oh, it's a double entendre, yes, too. this product. Mm, yeah, this good. game, this box set. I could see it. Won't call it a product to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's good content. I mean, oh, that, that's good well, programming. Well, oh, well. God dang it. Uh, all right, so let's talk to our friend of the show. Let's do it. Wolfgang Bauer. Woo! Uh, we have not made up six-timer jackets yet. I know. We told them that was like four. <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> we got a – we'll say ten. When, on your okay. tenth appearance, you'll have a, okay. a ten-timer jacket. Uh, yeah. But it'll be great to talk to him, and I can't wait to do so. Let's do that. Bring him in. Oh, yeah. Oh. We are here with Look Wolfgang out. Bauer. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. Yay. Uh, the sunglasses came on right at the end. And yeah, like, I don't know. You have these new lights in here. Every time I show up, there's a new torture aspect to it, right? <laughs> like there's a microphone in your face. There's bright lights. I have flashbacks. Don't look at the mind flayer behind you who's about to eat your no. brain. I prefer the shadows. I'm kind of, yeah, you know. Look good. Yeah, no, it's okay. I'm, are you I sure? I don't know. No. no, it's painful. We don't want to give yeah. you a headache. We don't want you to have pain. I, I suffer from sunlight sensitivity. I, well, I you're this. in the right place. All right. In the beautiful Well, Pacific not the right North place West. right now, no. but the right no, Seattle area. Outside generally. these doors. Outside these doors. It's Where beautiful. it is raining. We were just talking about impending snow, but it's not happening right now, so mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't need to run. I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, you've been uh, the leader of Cobalt Press for oh, a yeah. long time, of course. Yeah, coming on 14 years. Yes, that's crazy. Yes. 14 years is a long time. It is. Yeah. What are you guys planning for your 15th year anniversary? Oh, <laughs> that's a year away. <laughs> you got to start planning now. Uh, long lead times. Yeah, we're going to do something for that. Jackets. It'll be big and huge and awesome. And I'll, sh- I'll show up on Dragon Talk to tell you about it next yes. year. We will, would love to be part of your Yay. 15th anniversary celebration. I don't even know what the correct gift is for 15. It's like paper. It's a cake. 
It's dice, right? Yeah, Probably it's dice. dice. Yeah. It's more it's a monster book. Oh, yeah, oh, I can arrange that. It's like a pocket nice. edition. Uh-huh. Oh my god, can we just wave this at the camera? Yes, let's see the pocket edition. This is the Tome of Beasts from 2016 in a much smaller and like luggable format. I love that. I, Here, let me, let me I let honestly me, I cannot believe that. that all of those monsters are in They're there. All the beasts in there. have all been shrunk. shrunk. Honey, reduced. I shrunk the beasts. <laughs> now even though it is a much smaller form factor, mm-hmm. who has a pocket this big? <laughs> All right, so we're still sort of... Is it supposed to be like in the overall pocket? Yeah, it's the front bib pocket. If you're a kangaroo. <laughs> All right, you need to have a big... Po- it could be a backpack pocket. It yeah. could be a jacket okay. pocket. Pocket book. All right, I'll go with the backpack. I you, can see that It now. is more portable and, hey, half the price, too, so... Really? Yeah, oh, wow. It's like 24 bucks with the PDF. It is so. jam-packed what? with fun D&D monsters for 5th edition... It. Uh, obviously, all the content that was in the Tome of Beasts, but just in a way yep. that you can bring it around a lot yes. easier. Yeah. Throw it in your backpack, carry it without, you know, strain. All the art and everything. You didn't have to cut we anything. We didn't cut anything. Wow. We left everything in there. That's very impressive. Was so. there a new layout? Was There is there, is that there the were w- tweaks in a couple of pages, but that's about it. That's cool. So we d- we didn't want to cut stuff. Impressive. Yeah. Ooh, the Fearsmith. Yeah, what's going on with that? I don't want to go to the, the Fearsmith and the Fearsmith things. Yeah, well, <laughs> you Very will become awesome. frightened. The frightened condition is your friend. And you will run away from the Fearsmith. End of encounter. It's Excellent. Pretty, really pretty short. <laughs> like every good uh, D&D party when they encounter someone who's got a, a, a mouth in a face. Yeah, well, unless there's a mechanic supporting that, you know they're going to say, well, we're not afraid. We're going to beat it. And I'm like, no, sorry. There's yeah. a mechanic. You run. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it's a great sadness for the... I love that you, um, uh, Cobalt Press, has added so much content for people to, uh, you know, be inspired by, use directly in their games. We've seen some of it showing up on, um, you know, Homebrew Adventures and actual play podcasts and people's, like, just everyday games um, because they're they're general source books. They work in any campaign. If you want to run your homebrew with monsters from Cobalt Press, not a problem. Yeah. Um, If you want to run the realms, sure. I mean... Ed Greenwood's not going to come around and say, hey, what's this? In fact, he might say, oh, that's neat. That's a good idea. Yeah, right. So um, so Aww. we do that with monsters, with magic. Uh, the adventures are, tend to lean toward, a, uh, toward our Midgard home setting. Well, maybe I can take these off. You ready now? That's better. Well, don't look directly <laughs> at the light. <laughs> Can my eyes adjust? I'll look directly at it. Blink, blink, blink. Uh, Look into Shelly's face. How do you pronounce it? Oh, it's a treacle, like the candy. Oh, it Um, is like the candy. Sweet. It looks like a bunny. Why does that bunny look so happy? Because it is happy. giant thing. Well, it doesn't see the giant thing sucking its life essence from it. That's behind it. Until it's too late. Yes. Okay. It's a cute monster. What's your favorite? Favorite? Yeah. Can you pick a favorite? Probably the Void Dragon. Oh, really? It's on the cover. It's really hideously nasty. Is that why nasty. you put it on the cover? Yeah. Uh, Dan Dillon designed it, and it's vicious and nasty and awful. Really? Yeah. We know that guy. You we know, that guy. He, know that guy. We do know that guy. He works here now, and that's good. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're proud to see him, you know, stretch his wings and kick butt his over Void here. Dragon Wings? Void Whoa. Dragon Wings. He wrote a bunch of monsters in here, and he's going to write monsters in our next book, too. Next oh, really? book. Next book. Yes. What is there next a book? Next book. Yes. Tome of Beasts <gasps> Two. Oh, is this breaking news? 
This is actual breaking news. We haven't actually told anybody yet, but we're telling you first. What? Yes. Because, I don't know, you were so good about telling people about Toma Beast 1. So all of the monsters are there are going to have brothers and sisters. Brothers and and sisters. And other cousins. Okay. Twisted uncles. Weird multi-headed, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, like a real family. Yeah, with things up in the attic and down in the yeah. basement, just like a real family. Just so like a real family. When, <laughs> when we talked, when you told us about Tome of Beasts, uh-huh. we made a joke about Tome of Beasts 2 Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. So you are going to call it that. No. The subtitle's not Electric Boogaloo? No. It will be in my heart. Though. It will be in your heart, and that's okay. fine. By um, the way, Momo? Little Momo. <laughs> Little Momo happening right Remember there. Remember Momo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some me. of the art is amazing. It's really we're, creepy. Yeah. Well, we're going now. creepy on the new one, too. Yeah, well, how, are you, how many monsters are in Tomabees? So Toma there's Beast? about 409 monsters in Tomabees. So, so are we looking at we're a looking comparable at the same number? 410. Parallel, yeah, 410. One up. you got to be a one-upper, man. <laughs> yes. What the uh, heck? How? how? Well, um, some of them are small, and we can fit three to a page, right? But like, I just mean, like, you got to come up with 410 uh, now. We've been working on this for about 18 months now. Um, some of our designers, you know, pitched ideas early. Some of them said, I just had this idea for a bunch of Arctic monsters. Are you interested? And I said, yes. And I didn't say, we're putting those in this larger collection, right? So we got a couple of themes coming. Uh, Arctic is one. We've got some Asian monsters. We've got uh, undead. And dungeon monsters is a big thing. A lot of warped, weird, Mm. um, slimy, aberrant, monstrous don't meet them on city streets sort of monsters. That's so cool. And so yeah. 18 months, so that means uh, you were like you knew that you were going to make this book and then you're starting to get it ready for going on to Kickstarter? Is yep, that the plan? it's going to go on Kickstarter uh, this month, uh, before the end of January, probably before the middle of January. We're, wow. we're locking down the final things, pledge tiers, pricing, everything. Uh, we're going to send out an announcement to everybody who follows the Cobalt Newsletter. Uh, and everyone who follows our Twitter accounts and all those things, we're going to make as much noise as we can. We figured we'd share it here. Like, you know, a few people will catch wind of it. And, uh, and yeah, it's going to be like our prior Tome of Beasts in that you can submit a monster for possible publication oh, too. Oh, cool. You might remember last time yeah. we said we're opening yep. the doors. If you want to send us a monster you've designed, you can. And we'll take the best ones. We took like the best 40 or 50 That's awesome. last time. And we're going to hope for 40 or 50 monsters from, uh, from backers this time too. Okay, so if you, if somebody wants, to, like, what do you look for in a monster? Like what makes a good monster? So for me, a good monster is, um, this is where my biases totally show up. It's actually really low CR. Because high CR monsters don't get a lot of play, right? Like everybody thinks Demon Lords are cool and CR 15 this is cool. And they look great and they look buff and they're like, oh, I've got smash, kill, roar. But like what do you get the most play value out of? Like orcs and goblins get a ton of play time, right? Yeah. Well, there's one of the, all those data sets of like how, how D&D players will uh, – uh, be really excited about campaign and, and, and play through the first five to ten levels. Yep, five to ten, but then no problem. It, it, and then interest kind of declines or the group breaks up or somebody leaves town or something happens. Yeah. Right, like the longer the campaign, the, the higher the odds that something breaks it up. But everybody remembers their skeletons and zombies that they fought early on in whatever, Curse of Strahd, right? Like it's yeah. 
those monsters are exciting to me because I know they're going to see table time. And if they're well-designed, they're, uh, they're going to freak everybody out because it's like, ah, it's not a regular zombie. What's going on? Right. Right. Okay. Good little tip for people who are... For people who are submitting. Looking to submit. Go for the lower ones, the yeah. lower CR monsters. Of course, Which I'm challenging, of course. Yes, of course. Just in case there were listeners who may not know. I think your listeners all know. They probably do, but I like to make sure we're inclusive. Yes. Uh, but the little ones, the ones that'll be a challenge for new players or new, newly started campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or potentially being used as druids, you know, by, by druids and rangers oh, as God. animal companions. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be real careful about animals <laughs> and animal companions and familiars. We'll do some of that, right? But, um, yeah, elephants and tigers and really large natural animals. Mm. No. I don't think it's our place to add that. I think the official wizards have to add that stuff. Mm. Well, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's important. Um, but it's nice to have all the options. I think that's what people love about uh, oh, yes. uh, the, the, the stuff that Cobalt Press has been putting out. It's like you can just add it in. or More often, I think people use it as inspiration, too. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm going to use this, but I'm going to tweak it. and yeah. Just like they do with the, uh, uh, the content that comes out of here. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, having a big book of monsters to kind of flip through and say, oh, yeah. oh I could do that. Uh, you know, I'm running a shadow campaign. I'm running some demons. I want to summon something big and nasty. Or, hey, I just want a void dragon to nuke my high-level party with because I'm tired of this campaign. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving on. Yeah. A doppel rat. The oh doppel rat is nice. I like the art. Planescape players may recognize the inspiration for the doppel rat. Dog, dog mole. Dog moles. Way too many hit points. Summer. Yeah. They're tough. You can't get rid of them. They're just like in your yard. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is like... Uh, if you're a DM, say you're kind of a newish DM, mm-hmm. and you have this amazing book, mm-hmm. the pocket size version now. Okay. Sure. Um, how do I begin? How do you begin to choose what monsters well, are going in your campaign with 409 great options? Well, in the back, there's a listing by challenge rating. Okay, let's start there. So that's one option, right? Or by type. It's like, I want undead. Oh, yep, yep, okay. Give me, give me the undead, right? Or give me... So there's listings there, but... It might be that you don't want to go through and pick that way. You might want to just flip through until you see something Something really cool. cool. The art might decide for you. Oh, Uh, jeez. I I saw a title of one, and mm -hmm. I I, I was, oh, sorry, intrigued by it. The Uh Harpy. Yes, the Owl Harpy. harpy, (laughs) Which we actually put up on the Cobalt Press blog as a freebie recently. Oh, my God. So people want to check out the uh, the Owl Harpy. It's available there. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, we have, I actually brought five of the goofiest monsters that are coming from Tomo Beast 2 with me, or at least their names and descriptions. I was going to ask if you could preview anything I can preview five, and I went for whimsical. I said, you know, the Void Dragon, all the scary stuff, that's great, but let's talk about some that are... Uh, in the humorous tradition of D&D yes. monsters, but still very playable. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to rattle through these very quickly. No, no, no. no, no we're no, going to spend a lot them, of time on <laughs> Draw this out. No, but they're so cool. That's I know. Cool. This yeah. is a preview. I'm excited. All right. So the ogre peed. It Wait, is. I have an idea. Wait, yes. did he? Let us guess. I did say. Has he, has he peed? <laughs> <laughs> Let us. Is there a question mark at the end of that? Let us guess before you tell us. All right. Us. Yes, what is the ogre pede? It's a, a, ah. obviously like a centipede or a millipede, but of ogre heads instead of. Oh, so maybe it's got one big ogre head in front, and, and then, then, and and then, then its, like a and its feet look like ogre feet? Yes. Yes. Is that- well, you are correct. Oh! oh! It is ogre torsos and arms all put together like a human or ogre centipede. Oh, good lord. But, well, maybe not quite like a human. Was it created I, by an evil wizard? I haven't seen the art yet. It is certainly. 
evil. It loves to destroy beautiful things. It has all that ogre clumsiness of, ah, it falls over occasionally. Um, <laughs> it falls over? Well, it barrels <laughs> it, into its opponents. Can let's it right itself once yeah, it falls Yeah, of course, over? but it's, it's not the most sleek and elegant, you know, smooth-moving thing. hard to Yeah, it's a giant, messy, ugly kind of thing. So probably evil wizards were involved in its creation. Mm, it sounds about right. Yeah, it pretty yeah. much has to be. Yeah. That can its limbs uh, bear weapons? Uh, I don't think so. No, okay, so it's mostly just about pummeling. It's mostly about pummeling and barreling into stuff. And biting. And, and biting and just being, I mean, like an ogre, but even less adept and slick. <laughs> How tall is this thing? Oh, I don't have that part of the description with me. Okay. I think it's as tall as an ogre, though. Right? Oh, Jesus, that's so awful. It's enormous and hideous. And, and then How many segments? Yeah. Like, are you imagining hundreds of segments uh, no. or, or I'm dozens? dozens and dozens. I'm saying 30 to 40 That's segments. terrifying. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. That's a huge beast if you're yes. talking about the torso yes, of an ogre. and the barreling repeated. into you. Yeah. So, oh, you know. shield's not going to stop it. No. no. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's whimsical and amusing. But I that's from the too. DM's perspective. That's very terrifying. <laughs> it's very terrifying. What I love about that, though, too, is, is that you can, as a DM, you can say something's crawling up from the depths. And the mm-hmm. first thing you see is an ogre's head and, and a club or, you know, whatever it is that's in the front oh, section. crawling out of a well. Yeah, yeah. crawling oh, out of a well. And then it just keeps <laughs> coming. And you can describe that as a DM so terrifyingly that yes. it's got a great misdirect it does it does so i i think that one's fun i think it's gonna yeah you know squick people out a little and and it'll it'll work that'll move the needle it will mm-hmm. it will <laughs> all right i'm gonna give you a second one and then okay. maybe a third and i don't know we might have to stop after three why well it's too much right yeah <laughs> i think our philosophy has always been let's spoil as too much, much as yeah. Yeah. never no. enough. never enough all right, all right fine second one is called carnivorous sod which if you're british sounds very different yeah. You carnivorous yeah. sod. Is it grass that eats you when you walk across it? It kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting too good with your descriptive t- uh, names. And I think some of these descriptive names may actually turn into more like fanciful. fanciful names. But that's the name that's the placeholder name in the text right now. So it's what I got to go with. So is it a mimic or is it its own thing? No, it's a patch of grass, right? Oh, that <laughs> reveals itself. Like It's a little like that Pokemon from the... Detective Pikachu movie, right? You may have Torterra. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh, it, yeah. If it pops up, you see there's sort of a turtle-like body underneath it and a mouthful of shark-like teeth. So it, it goes under the grass. Oh, okay. Turtle-like. It's kind of a turtle shark. I don't know. Is it's, the grass like part of its body? I so think so. The grass like is growing it's, it's on it. It camouflages itself It's totally way? camouflaged. Um, it's supposedly created by fae when they infuse a bunch of magic into the soil, right? Uh, tree ants keep them as pets. Um, which I think is really nice, right? Yeah. Like low-level characters go to the tree ants. The tree ants can squash them like a bug. But you want to have some kind of combat, even at lower levels. So what are you sick on them? Well, there's some carnivorous sod uh, chases you off, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what? just kind of fun if your players just accidentally walk on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And anybody who has, like, uh, had to mow a lawn or uh, been unhappy about doing yard work Mowed over, will like, have a, a bee's nest or something. A real visceral reaction to this monster. Or yep. has, like, an allergy to grass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Just as me. bad. I mean, I'm oh, going to be no. imagining this creature when I'm mowing the grass. I will never look at sod again. <laughs> so you don't have a mole problem this. at your house. You I do, I do. actually. We you did. both do? Yeah. We did. But must be like uh, the West Seattle moles are. Mine yeah. is going nuts, though. We, Bart used something, and it 
they no longer are in our yard, but I've seen holes in our neighbor's yard. You've chased them to the neighbors. Yeah. Oh. That must have happened to me then, Sorry. too. Yeah, they were going to town. The whole yard is chewed up. But why? We've never had them before. That's so strange. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. So I got to get some of these carnivorous sod. Yeah. Yes. They eat moles. That'll learn you. So that'll, you know, that'll solve your problem and bring a new problem. That's in the description that it's, that's their... I'm the adding food, it now. <laughs> their favorite meal. You get a the nice gophers and moles. Yes. The nice thing about unpublished material is the answer to does it do X is, can often be, oh, of course, yes. Greg. Greg, of course. Throw it in there. That's right. I, you, just, you guys just saw it happen. He made a note. I, I made a note. It is in there. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> now i got to convince the editor. So the next monster okay. is called the fragrant one. You won't guess what it looks like based on that. The fragrant but it one. it stinks. But in a good way? Maybe. Oh, that's maybe it's like a a beautiful bouquet of flowers, no. and then you sniff uh, it. Eh, and eh. It, All right, we got uh, one. Wrong. You got one wrong. My guess is a um um like a like a odiug that is uh, around rotting and decaying things all the uh, time. Yeah, no, I, I see where you're going with that, but no, no, turn also it. no. So okay. Well, this one is um, the fragrant one. It's really weird. It's sort of fragrant one in the sense that, I mean, have you read old horror stories where some hideous abomination is described as beautiful, right? When you look at it, it's covered with a glamour or enchantment. This is sort of like that. It's a slug-like creature with a human face. Oh. <laughs> and it smells good, and it feeds on friendship and companionship, and it's always trying to surround itself with beautiful fae or humans or other creatures, right? It, because it smells so good, everybody wants to be near it. So they ignore the fact that it's a slug with a human it face? It smells so good, <laughs> yes, it though. smells so good? Well, there what may be... What does it smell like? I don't know. It doesn't say. Toasted marshmallows? But every ally it brings close to itself is an ally you've got to cut your way through. Are you yeah, just charmed mar- by the You're smell? You're basically charmed, okay. right? It is an enchantment. It is a charm. And and for me, the the hook on this is... Well, so one of the people it has charmed needs to be somebody the party already knows, right? Like the innkeeper or uh, that friendly goblin they met out in the woods and decided to let live, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, it's got all these friends around it. We could just fireball it, but we'd nuke our friend the innkeeper. So, I don't know. It's a bit of a dilemma monster. Is it the type of... I could see it all, a real role-playing moment here, too, where it's almost like that uh, Twilight Zone episode where everybody's got the pig faces. Yes. Where, like, everyone just believes that this thing is beautiful, and they're like, what, why, why can't you see how amazing this, this, this creature is? Like, right. can it speak? Does, yeah. It, it oh, has a human face. It has so, a human face. It speaks. So it it's has... not it, abhorrent to them at all. They're like, oh, this is our, you know, best friend. But and then friend, you man. see it, and you're like, but it's... A slug, with it's a horrible thing, but no, it's great. But what, like, who's, is it, does the face change, or do they know. all have different faces? I don't know, I'm going to have to talk to the editor about that. I need to. What change. color is the face's hair? Change self. I wonder if it has that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be what everyone fun. else thinks is the most beautiful? Yes. Uh, I like right? that a lot. Yes. I mean, I like a monster that's pretty, but. but you, the players are all saying, we got to get rid of it, and some... Some character is going to fall under its charm or its sway, right? Yeah. Like the bard is into sense and is easily charmed. And it's like, no, it's our best friend. And if you get intra-party feuding about whether to kill it, then It'd be really great if this character was also a patron in some way, was Mm -hmm. actually like a quest giver. 
Oh. oh, and so like you kind of had to go along with it, mm-hmm. but you didn't want to. Or and eventually, you say, you know, this I'm is... breaking up with you. I've had it. It's yeah. a toxic relationship. <laughs> it's a toxic relationship. You're fragrant. Should we call the toxic slug? <laughs> <laughs> I could have a true name like that. It could be a fragrant frenemy. Ooh. <laughs> no, that's too much. That's too much. It too gives much. it away. I, I, yeah, oh, that's true. It gives you can't it away. Play. It's a yeah. I, mean, right. I have also known casting directors and agents that are very much similar to this. <laughs> Yeah, it's the way that you were describing it earlier. I'm like, yep, I yeah, know that person. I've seen that this person. It's the Hollywood monster. Yeah, the Hollywood monster. It's an, it's it's exactly. It. I'll never work in, in Hollywood again. I've, I've just <laughs> annoyed a generation. All right, we're moving on. Okay, okay. <laughs> Zombie dragon. Mm. I think you know I have what this no is. idea what this could be. Is it a, like a, uh, a dracolich? Like a, uh, a medusa? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> a hydra, perhaps? It's a zombified dragon, of course. Wait, so that means it's not like a Draculich, which has a lot more power and, and, no, and mystique and power around it. No, way lower level. Still looks undead and cool, right? Like a Draculich, we actually did this in the Creature Codex. We took the regular Lich and said, what if we cut the challenge rating in half so that like, it would be CR 9? Like a baby Lich? Yeah, like a baby Lich. And that's sort of the story here. The zombie dragon is like a Draculich, but brought way down so that if you're a sixth level party, you maybe stand a chance. I see this philosophy a lot. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Here. yeah, you see yep, exactly where I'm headed with that. Because, come on, how cool is it to fight an undead dragon with uh, its blood turned into toxic sludge? I think that's pretty cool. That's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> right? Says the DMs in the room. <laughs> the players in the room are having a completely different set of reactions. Um, <laughs> it smells good, too, though, right? Yeah. It, no. <laughs> it's got sludge. You're mixing your monsters. It doesn't get along with the fragrant one at all. It's got toxic, <laughs> rotting <laughs> breath, and it... Everything it kills, it raises as zombie minions. Oh, that makes so, it very So hard. it's like upcycling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cleaning you know? up after itself, yeah, exactly. right? Keep your dungeon tidy. Keep your carbon paw print. So we like Smart. the zombie dragon. Is that good for us? Yes. Yeah, it's good for the environment. All right. And last one. I'm just going to pronounce it as best I can, and you will, you will scratch your heads at me. It is the Timming, Timming Ilam. Timing Ilam. Yes. T-I-M-I-N-G-I-L-A-M. That's very close to a friend of mine named Tim Lanning. <laughs> so Monstrified. It looks like him. Is he hideous? Uh, no, he's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, a normal. A, a, a great dude. All right. Uh, uh, who plays D&D on a podcast. So Does he swim the oceans eating ships? Yes. What? <laughs> no it's him. Way. <laughs> I was going to go with like a baby lamb Ooh. named Timmy. But no. No. I like your idea better. Well, this one is actually taken from from a Hindu epic. And we said, you know, there's lots of cultures in the world that don't get a lot of airtime. We get leviathans and we get red caps from Europe and we get all these monsters. Why don't we do a couple more Asian monsters? So Tomo Beast 2 does actually include uh, monsters from the Near East, from South Asia, and from Eastern Asia. Not hundreds, but enough uh, for anybody who's trying to, you know, kick off a Persian campaign or yeah. a, a Indian-flavored campaign, Chinese, something along those lines. Filipino, we got a couple monsters there. Oh, my God, awesome. So, I yeah. love that. Uh, I like it, too, and the designers uh, went to town on some of the abilities here, straight out of the folklore, um, so they're really pretty original abilities. This one's pretty straightforward. It eats your boat. Um, does it, <laughs> how does it appear? Does it look, what does it look like? Uh, it's sort of a shark crossed with an eel. It, it wiggles oh. through yeah. the water, and, and its jaws literally will take a ship. So all those nice new uh, ship rules in Ghosts of Saltmarsh, um, 
I mean, you can use them. It's just crunch. Do you see it gone. coming? Or is it just like... I think I'm trying to think how you would fight this thing. Well, it can create mm. tidal waves. So you might see oh. it coming, but it won't help you, right? Right. Like, I mean, like, what am I... <laughs> you can get eaten or you can be swamped by the tidal wave. Those are your options. That's all you can do. Uh, or you can just so jump I'm, into the water. Another good one when the Dungeon Master oh, wants it, to end the campaign. Well, this could be a, a challenge rating one monster, right? No. No. <laughs> this no. is a higher level one. This is definitely higher level. So the assumption is the player characters can fly or walk on water or have other ways of getting around it. If you don't have any of that stuff, you... Then you don't belong in a, an adventure that involves ships that, and water. Yeah, probably not. And that too. Because Ghost of Saltmarsh starts at like 10th level. If I, no. No, <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. This is the stuff that they can use once they're passed through all those the adventures. Right. And, and sailing on the to the next thing. Yeah, exactly. Pirating like mad. Or going into space. Yes. And where does... So this name is an actual... Yeah, it's... Um, uh, so the epic poem is... And I'm going to butcher this because my, my Hindi's terrible. Uh, <laughs> the Mahabharata. Okay. You may have heard of. It is... I don't know. What's the Western equivalent? Beowulf and the Bible wrapped together. I mean, oh, okay. heroes and monsters, but also a religious text, so... Yeah, pretty cool. It's interesting, like where you, where you and the designers get your inspiration yeah. from. Uh, folklore, twisted nightmares, fae stories, um, the lawn, the lawn turning <laughs> against us, <laughs> as well as the sea. Yes, everything uh, is just turning regular against things us. in nature turning against. But that's you. been a big theme too of uh, a lot of people uh, from people who aren't from North America or Europe right. coming to Dungeons and Dragons and being excited about it, and then yep. infusing their own mythology that they grew up with uh, or were passed down for them from from texts like like this one. Yep. Um, and having those come to life, I just you know, it's a great way to introduce yourself to new cultures and, and things yep. like that. It really is. Um, and at some point, right, it, yeah, if you don't come from that culture, it's a great introduction to something that maybe you would, you would pick up more of. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. So, um, so it's a uh, cultural cross-pollination. It goes both ways. Yeah. And I think D&D is especially good at doing things like that where, you know, you're not just being like, I'm going to learn about, you know, Hindu culture right now. But then all of a sudden you get this in Monster and then the next time you encounter it, you'll be like, you start making those connections. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know anime has done a lot for us yes. in this direction, right? Like the kappa uh, and certain goblin spiders and other creatures that made their way into various editions of D&D um, and that are familiar to anybody watching, I don't know, various folkloric uh, cartoons from Japan. Yeah, and it's a whole new world. I mean, I remember when I was... Watching cartoons in the '80s and not knowing anything that I was seeing was made in, in Japan, but then I still had these, you know, cultural touchstones that started to, to right, you know, sneak their way in. Mm-hmm. And now they're sort of like, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, old hats. That's really cool. So all five of those uh, are being developed for yep. uh, being in Tome of Beasts two. Correct. Coming to Kickstarter soon, um, and we have several hundred more in development. We're pretty far along. We have art for some of them. We'll be doing previews on the Cobalt Press website uh, and on the Kickstarter. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing what some of our backers contribute as well and, and judging sure. what is bound to be hundreds of submissions, maybe thousands. I don't know. Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, you guys picked like 20 that you were no, like... No, we picked 40. 40? Was it 40? Wow. Yeah. So it'll probably be in that ballpark again. Great. 10% of the book, roughly. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then did you have to be a certain backer level in order to do that? 
Uh, no, last time we just said any backer. This time, okay, maybe we'll ask you to be like more than a $1 backer, but you don't need to pledge a lot. We just want people to, to give it a shot. Right. And are you going to do similar rewards and things for, for this one around? Yep. Anything special you want to talk about there? We have a there? limited edition book we'll do. Um, Those are gorgeous. The ones yes. you've done with the, the hard bound with the ribbon in the middle. Uh-huh. We're going to do a set of cardboard uh, pawns because, you know, it's hard to get minis oh, yeah. for this many at once. We did that last time, the cardboard stand-ups. you showed us those. Yep. Uh, we're going to do a set of those. And we're going to do a set of uh, encounters, like layers, maybe a dozen stretch goals, maybe 20. Uh, layers using monsters from the book so that you've got a map, you've got an encounter all written up using a couple of monsters from the book right away. So if inspiration doesn't strike or if you just want to say, okay, I need a first, second, third, fourth level encounter, um, it's right there for you. That's cool. Very like cool. That. And it's a nice way to just, you know, rather than just having to make the DM do that work, having that ready for you to be able to insert into your campaign makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So did anyone who contributed monsters last time impress you enough where you're like, huh, I'm going to keep this name. Keep this person and bring them around again? Yeah. Yeah, I think a bunch of people who contributed last time. Um, I mean, Dan Dillon is certainly one we mentioned. Uh, Shout out to Dan. Yeah, Mike Wellem. Is that how you and Dan started working together? Was he... On the Monsters? Yeah. No, I think he did some stuff before then. But that was like his big... Well, he's done a lot of big projects, so... Yeah. Um, the uh, Who else did we bring back? Oh, uh, James Introcasso, who I think is a DM's Guild adept, last I checked. Yeah, no, just because uh, Kelly Pollock, who, uh, no, we're not bringing her back. She's new. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she's great. And uh, she's got a bunch of monsters in this. Uh, and a few other people uh, who are escaping me right this second, of course. That's all right. But yeah, it's. Well, that's cool. That, that's a, bunch a, of a great way to. To get noticed and uh-huh. no, we, get your uh, work put out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that's our big one. It should be we're, we're counting on it out for Christmas 2020. That's nice. this year. I know. Jeez. I better get working. Yeah. <laughs> all that's, right. That's Open what that this is all about. Mm-hmm. Letting people know that it's happening. But that's you know that's you got that's you got 12 months. That should be fine. Plenty of time. Plenty yeah. of time. It, don't need, it doesn't need to go to the printer until, you know, September, Yeah, except October. I have these two other books i got to ship first, right? This Underdark thing and this Deep Magic book. Will you tell us about this Deep Magic book? Oh, yeah. Well, we did the Kickstarter for Deep Magic already, and it funded, and it got the highest number of backers we've ever had. What? Like 4,456 backers, something wow. like that. Congratulations. That's yeah, that's a huge number for us. We've never had that many people back a Kobold Press project but come on big book of magic yeah right like mm, more spells yeah uh hundreds of them in new schools new style like shadow magic and dragon magic and ring magic and oh uh, is ring magic just creating a magic ring so you can be your own uh um imbued uh, with power kelebrimbor oh that's what i was trying to remember yes well this is sort of dwarf magic is the way we envision it like uh the Belungan lead and all the sort of Scandinavian stories of sticking magic in a ring. I don't know. I think there's uh, there's at least one trilogy about that. Um, so it's a kind of magic that we thought there could be more of in D and D, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lock it in a physical form, uh, tie it to the dwarves. It's it's pretty fun, uh, actually. I'm pretty sure Dan, Dan or Chris wrote Did it. some rings on that. Yeah. Um, ring on so it. that <laughs> I mean, if you like it. <laughs> You guys should probably put a, <laughs> put a ring on it. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> like little spoken word Beyonce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can it's do the dance for you later. Beyonce I've got the tights. Yes, my yeah. please. I, I'm putting that up on TikTok. Hey, <laughs> that could be a stretch goal for your Kickstarter. Like wow. literally a stretch goal. <laughs> <laughs> Get out the Lululemon. <laughs> Warm up ahead of time. I didn't know that. I'm a stiff Northern European who knows a little about (laughs) yoga now that I have studied its ways. Its ways. Maybe there could be like a yoga monster. What would a yoga monster be? Um, Um, Pretty much everybody who works at Bikram. Yeah, pretty much. Hot yoga. Hot yoga. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the magic is there is actually something called uh, alchemancy. Uh, which is derived from Eastern alchemical tradition. So it's sort of, it's got a little bit of yogic flair in it. Oh. And the Eastern alchemy is in it, and that's in deep magic as well. It's all potion-based, and I like Smoothies? It. Yeah, magic smoothies. Right. Yep. <laughs> you got lots of vitamins, <laughs> <Juicing>. creatine, <laughs> lots protein. Lots of kale, lots yes. of green juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like zero points, though. Oh, my God. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Lots of sugar in there. Lots of sugar? (laughs) Yes. The back of Deep Magic is the thing that DMs all want to hear about. That's the villain's appendix. Oh. And I've been fighting with the editor. Kim Mohan's the editor on this book. Oh, we love Kim Mohan. Mm -hmm. I've been fighting him about this because he's like, you know, this is a book for players. This is a book for, you know, player characters to expand their repertoire of spells. Druids and clerics and paladins and, like, decent people is basically it. Decent people? And I'm like, no. DMs. No, Kim. There needs to be bad stuff for bad people. All the necromancers, right? All the blood mages, all the infernal, fiendish, mm-hmm. villainous, super bad guy. And, like, you know, the dungeon master wants that stuff. Well, you need it. I mean, you, you, can't, it. you can't have good spells being slung no. around by like, your vampire lords. Right. You need to, like, extinguish people's souls as the villain, right? If you That's, don't put them in there, they're going to find them anyway. Right. Well, we tried to put them, them all in the back. This was our compromise. <laughs> It's like we said, okay, these aren't really recommended to hand out to players. Do not read this section of the book. Which I'm like, well, Kim, that just sort of makes it forbidden fruit, right? Which works with the content. uh, Yeah, I know. But then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, my cleric wants to take a look at this book. It's like, uh, Uh, cleric of blood magic all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, well, okay, maybe this will work. Anyway, there's a big disclaimer and warning on that section. Um... Use with caution. Use with Break caution. glass only when necessary. Yeah, hand this stuff out to, to the dark side. For bad people only. Yes. People who use this magic are bad, and they should feel <laughs> bad for using it. <laughs> but go ahead. But go ahead. Really want we warned you. <laughs> so what, did, did the, um, the spells in this book come about much the same way the monsters come about in Tome no, of Beasts? No, we had a series of PDF-only releases of, like, schools of magic, right? Like winter magic or elemental magic or ring magic um, that we did separately for two years. And people kept saying, we're happy that you're doing these. We had all our best designers working on them. Um, but... But we didn't quite know when to stop doing the separate releases and start collecting them. Oh. Like, we'd done 10 installments. And people are like, where's the hardcover? And we're like, no, we're not done yet. <laughs> There's so much There's more. There's so much yeah. more. And so now it's like 21 installments that we're collecting, um, plus all this new material that we commissioned based off of the Kickstarter, plus spells written by backers. Hey, oh, surprise, we love cool. doing that. So, um, so there's some weird magic there. Um, 
Some deep magic. Deep, deep. magic. Well, yeah. Deep, deep. I mean, the Weird fattest magic. part of it is sort of the generic, every wizard loves it kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I brought a little section here that's still in editing. Yes. And I don't know. Okay. It's only the A's And you're going to ask us to edit it? Well, no. There's one called Fail. Ancient Shade that I just love. I'm going to throw you some I know. Do you shade. get to throw it? <laughs> I'm not throwing it. Yes! <laughs> no, you do not get to throw ancient shade. <laughs> <laughs> what did that be like? You be uh, more annoying than Cleopatra. Huh? <laughs> See, that's my. <laughs> uh, this is for that annoying character, that wizard or cleric who really wants to like poke at books and read every scroll and quiz every like NPC. Because the first line is, "You grant the semblance of life and intelligence to a pile of bones or even bone dust of your choice within range." allowing the ancient spirit to answer the questions you pose. And I'm like, okay, that's really great. It could break some storylines. It's Alexa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But dead Alexa. (laughs) But dead Alexa. Speak with dead Alexa. (laughs) Animate ghoul appeals to me. Animate ghoul? Yeah, avoid grievous injury. Banshee whale, yeah. Yeah. Blade of my brother. What's Mm. Blade of my brother about? You touch a melee weapon that was used by an ally who is now dead. It leaps into the air and flies to another ally chosen by you within 15 feet. It enters that ally's space, moves when the ally moves, and uh, it acts on your turn by making an attack. Can you choose yourself as the person it goes to? Uh, you know, I guess. It's still in editing. Another ally chosen <laughs> by you. It is still in editing. Another ally. Yeah, there we go. Oh, another the word ally. another. Yeah, yes. it, it's gotten, yeah. yeah. But that's kind of cool so that if once you're fallen, you know, a party Friend. mate goes down, then yeah. you can at least still have it, its blade oh, yeah. uh, fight. Oh, and then we're in the blood section. There's bloodhound and blood offering. Yeah. Is blood there a bloodhound gang spell? <laughs> 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 and there's one called catapult, which is also delightful. You magically hurl an object or creature wearing, weighing 500 pounds or less 40 feet through the air in a direction of your choosing. I love that. That's kind of that cool. It can be used fun. both like defensively and, and offensively. Right. How much does that... Uh, ogre peed thing way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly More than 500. 400 pounds. Okay. <laughs> 499 I'm pounds. I'm taking that spell. Cobra fangs, conjure fayhound, conjure scarabs, conjure something. A lot of conjure. A bunch of conjures. Create thunder staff. Yeah, that one says revisit. There's a bunch of editorial notes on that. Revisit. Uh-huh. I went there. Too. Curse of incompetence. That one's lovely. Oh, what does that Curse do? To make you I know roll a lot of disadvantage people who are on skill inflicted. checks. By making mocking gesture toward one creature within range that can see you, leave the creature incapable of performing at its best. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a bad day. We I do that every bad. time we start recording Dragon Talk. <laughs> Somebody, who cast in- incompetence? Yes. <laughs> what is it called? Now? Curse of incompetence. Curse of incompetence. I curse you. Damn it. Doom of the Blue Crystal, which is one of mine. Well, tell Doom us about of it. the Blue Crystal. Yeah, you're surrounded by a field of glowing blue energy lasting three rounds. Creatures within five feet of you, including yourself, must make a constitution saving throw when the spell is cast. And again, at the start of each of your turns. If you fail, you're restrained. If you are restrained and fail, you are paralyzed. If oh. you are paralyzed and fail, you are petrified and transformed into a statue of blue crystal. Oh, see, that's great because you can come upon some party members that are in blue crystal. Mm-hmm. And what happened to them? Oh, yeah, it's deeply unfortunate. Yeah. Can we turn them back? So, Is there a reverse uh, on that know, one? There must be a way. Oh, creatures transformed into blue crystal can be restored with dispel magic. Greater restoration or comparable magic. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's a third-level spell. It's not forever. Yeah. 
but it's it's a cool. It's not forever. <laughs> it's a cool thing you might be it's able to show enough. to uh, a lower level, you know, uh, players that they can't do anything about it now, but then they can. But they can take care of it later. later. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple of other Doom spells: Doom of the Cracked Shield, Doom of the Pit. I'm not going to get into all those. Drown. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Oh, does that Brown. conjure water in their lungs already? I believe so. Forcing yes. itself in the creature's mouth and nose must make a strength saving throw, etc. Well, that's oh. awful. That's yes. terrible. It is. That it is, is a really that's mean a spell. Terrible. Is there a drown with snow? <laughs> drown with anxiety about <laughs> snow. About snow. Does this turn you into a snowman? Yes. No. Um, and these are the good spells. These aren't even in the bad section. No, these are I in the know. generic section. Not the e- the evil section's much worse. Oh gosh, <laughs> I didn't bring that. I don't know what your standards and practices. You're gonna have are, to come right? back. Yeah, now. this this feels like shallow magic. This isn't even. This is no deep magic. <laughs> They're just drowned. It was a clean death. <laughs> See, that's deep magic as you drown. Yeah, well, I guess that does make sense. Right. But yeah, that's where I run out here, somewhere around the letter E. But. Uh, I must find the rest of this book. <laughs> There's a lot of it. It's coming this summer. <laughs> okay. It'll be out by June. And uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. But how many spells are, are on in there? Uh, last time I checked in, it was like 670. What? Plus a bunch of new domains, plus subclasses. So, yeah, there's a lot in this book. There's something for every class. Um, their spell casting class. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> allow Plus me to correct fighters my can cast spells. <laughs> no, no, they've got deep magic too. No, no, or deep. Too. The Eldritch Knights do that. Uh, actually, there are there's rune magic in here, which technically anyone can learn. So even a fighter could learn to scratch a rune very carefully. Yeah, do a little something for everyone. Yeah, but I think they got to burn a feet for it, so they probably won't. To burn their feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> the Vikings. Side. That's oh, in the back of the book. <laughs> <laughs> sitting around the campfire, putting their boots in it, <laughs> and that's how they get more powerful. Yep. Mm-hmm. Done, done, done. And calluses. That's what barbarians do around a campfire. I love. I. I mean, just having this wealth of uh, arcane knowledge to don't dive and divine knowledge to dive into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find fascinating, and I want more people to to have more creative spell casting out there. So yeah, I mean, some of them are very story driven. Some of them are very much like I will destroy you uh, spell casting, but it's all fun. A lot of it has gone through a ton of playtest because we published the first PDF installments. You know, two years ago, people have been sending us feedback ever since. Yeah. Um, that's so important. Pretty clean. Uh, and having an editor like Kim Mohan on it certainly makes me happy. I know his name is in the credits for a lot of Wizards of the Coast books. We're he's fantastic, yeah. yeah. Cobalt Press, super him. proud to work with him. And he's been doing it for decades, too. I know. He really has. I'm like, he could quit at any time. I'm glad he hasn't yet. So. No, don't tell him. No, it's a terrible idea. Please strike that you from cannot. the record. <laughs> he's so good. He is. He is. But, you know, I work with some of the old guard. I work with some of the new guard. I worked with Zeb Cook recently on something that rhymes with Planescape. So, um, <laughs> Banescape? Banescape, yes. Pain, Trainscape? Painscape. Pain, Trainscape 2 <laughs> is my favorite. Trainscape 2? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now with twice the models. Uh, There's heroin involved oh, no. for some reason. No. I'm not sure why. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't go there. I went to, like, Thomas the Train. Thomas the Trainscape? Yeah. It's not murder hobos. It's just regular train hobos. It's just like really like friendly trains that try to do really well Um, and be on time. Oh, see, I was going like noir, dark noir trains. Uh Like, you know. Throw mama from the train. (laughs) (laughs) Throw mama from the trainscape. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, what what are you working on with that? uh, It just came out. It's a little book called The Eleven Hells. It's part of the Warlock Patreon. Um, And 
Zeb wrote up a new town out on the edge of the hills. Um, and since he wrote uh, The City of Doors and uh, The Planescape Core Box way back when, I was like, would you write a new town for the plains? And he said, sure. And it's wonderful and weird, and I can't really... Dis- it's called Smoketown, and I literally can't describe almost any of it without massive spoilers. Mm. So in favor of like DMs who want to put their, I don't know, uh, Descent to Avernus players into a town that's... Made of smoke. Made of smoke. Yeah, made of smoke. We'll I go imagine with that. it would be smoky on the uh-huh. outskirts of hell. Well, they at least smoke cigarettes. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just where it's it's yes. it's, it's it's legal still to smoke outside in <laughs> smoke town. <laughs> you yes. can even smoke Inside. in restaurants. You can smoke what? In airplanes. Yes, this is the hell. You can the dark That's why it's hellish. Yes. That's the true. You meaning. can smoke smoke in the nursery. Smoke in the hospital. <laughs> you can smoke while it's, a, it's like Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is like Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> That's really no cool. Rules. That, that's available on the. It's available on on uh, the Cobalt Press store. It's just uh, the Eleven Hells Warlock Patreon. I mean, we basically send it out to people who back us on on our Patreon, uh, which is called Warlock, for mysterious reasons. Um, <laughs> it's why did we call it Warlock? So you're not kobolds. You're yeah. We wanted a one word name that started with W, and that's what oh. we had. <laughs> Couldn't go with Wonderwall? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's taken. taken. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. There's a music Patreon by that name. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but I love that it's, uh, you know, I, I think I made this joke before, but we have the nine hells. Mm-hmm. You've got the 11 hells. Oh, yeah. What we if found comes two out, that you missed. What if someone comes out with 13 hells? Yeah, well, then they've topped us, and we're just going to have to work harder. <laughs> just going to get more hells involved. Where, who had 10? Where, I don't know. Where's 10? I don't th- No, you got to go by uh, factors of... Two, but only in odd numbers. I so. think it's odd number, odd, oh. odd and prime numbers. Oh, nine's not oh, prime. Don't nine, even go right. there. Dang it. <laughs> numbers. Numbers. That's but why odd. you chose 11. Yes, correct. Ours goes to 11. I always even think weird. So, when that, I that Numerology, sense. that's our next supplement. It, it is. It's not a, a school of magic? No. Who wants to do math as a school of magic? I, I no. I feel like there's like a Final Fantasy class that yeah. does numbers or yes. something like that in probability. It seems like there should be, but yeah. it's not going to be us. It's going to be someone else. All right. Well, I like that you draw the line somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Nope. We have to You're somewhere. Like, we'll put 670 freaking spells in this, <laughs> this book, book, but math is right out. Math, Good. no. We're doing the math. I, <laughs> you don't have I to. I appreciate that. <laughs> Me too. As yeah, an English yeah. major. Yes, uh-huh. as a theater major right? that I chose because there were no math courses. As a chaotic, good person, no math. All right. Well, the last thing I'll tell you about is Empire of the Ghouls because that's the first thing we're shipping. We're shipping it like the end of March or the beginning of April. It's a full campaign with a large Underdark section and a ton of undead, and it's a full gazetteer of an underground undead society as well as a full campaign. Wow. So, oh. Yes. Is the emperor a ghoul? Or? Oh, he is definitely a ghoul. Oh, he has man. undead hyena companions and a whole army at his beck and call, and if you decide to mess with the emperor... It's been nice knowing you because he's got a whole freaking empire. Good luck with that. Um, but there are ways to uh, to confound his plans. Okay. That. What levels are we talking here? Well, it starts at first. Okay. And it goes to about 13, 14 with the optional supplemental thing. Uh, and it also comes with a player's guide for playing some of the Underdark races. Like oh, cool. Drow and Darrow and Mushroom Folk, which we what? made up. Yes. You can play a mushroom? Yes. Uh, a sentient ambulatory mushroom. Yes. It's got just, nothing on my canids. It's, <laughs> it's very not similar. No. Totally unsimilar except for being mushrooms. <laughs> and sentient and ambulatory. 
But other they, than that. Do they communicate psionically? <laughs> no. Through spores? I don't think so. Okay. Well, they, they have mouths. Oh, so that's see, a they very have human big faces. They do. <laughs> it looks just like me. <laughs> I am a mushroom. <laughs> I want that filter for my phone. <laughs> Where you turn into a mushroom? Yeah. It's like uh, an Alice in Wonderland uh, type deal. It's a grim and perilous adventure, and then we put the mushroom folk in, and the whole tone of it just went to pieces, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that we set it up in such a way where we're like, oh, it's, it's dark, it's terrible, but they're like, is there goofy I'm, mushrooms I'm in it? I'm a mushroom. Let's I'm a mushroom. It. You need some comic relief. And by the time you're through the end of 10 or 13 levels, you may want a laugh. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. I would it like has- to play this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may you have that opportunity. Okay. The Underworld Players Guide. Do you guide have limbs? Yes, you do. But they're sort of stumpy. Okay. And they're delicious. <laughs> what happens if you, you, put you were to bite off sauce. one of my limbs? <laughs> they grow bad. <laughs> a little butter sauce. Mm, a little saute. Mm. Some fava beans and a nice candy. <laughs> we did call it ghouls, so inappropriate edibles is definitely part of this. <laughs> Yes. We, you, we love Seattle for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> you took that a totally different direction. <laughs> Inappropriate edible. <laughs> but yes, it's, uh, it's coming out in, uh, in March or April. We're going to put up a pre-order page. We'll, we'll blab about it when it happens. Awesome. Um, it's got a lot of new monsters in it, and it's, it's uh, heavily play-tested in the typical Cobalt Press style. So good. Yes. Man, you've so got a good. full slate of stuff. You know on everything the there is to know about Cobalt Press in 2020. I'll see you next year. <laughs> no, <laughs> we know. No, you have to uh, bring us back more. Oh wait, please. I'll bring samples when these ship. Yes, I'll bring something absolutely. Back. Show and tell. I'll do show and tell. You got to um, get up to ten appearances so you can get your jacket. Oh my god, <laughs> ten! We keep we moving the. You keep moving the bar. We realized today. You know, I brought like, my punch card today, and I haven't. We can gotten, we can punch your card. <laughs> we'll yeah. validate your parking. You can get a subway sandwich, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you get a free mug, a free mug and free parking. Oh, the size of this mug and some books. We oh, always oh my god, got some good stuff you guys for you. Are and t-shirts, of course, of and course, t-shirts. Excellent. Well, I love being on the show and telling you everything we're doing. And yeah, you it's keep really doing creative. good stuff. I so. love it. I have a whole team. They make me look good. And thanks for breaking the news with us. Oh, yeah. oh, with these two, it is happening, and I'm. I can't wait to show some of the art, but this is maybe not the venue for art, really. Um, and and to sort of, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of previews, so it's going to be exciting. Awesome. Can't, can't wait. wait. That's yes. very cool. Look, really uh, happy for you. For information you. on the, the uh, Kobold Press website for yes. when that Kickstarter will go live. Even when you're listening to this on podcast form, it might even be available. Right? Next Thursday? Yeah, probably by next Thursday there's a chance this is live. Yes. Well, nice. All right, so keep checking. Go look for it, and then of course uh, the Deep Magic Book of Spells, and what's the name of the Underdark campaign? It's called Empire of the Ghouls. Empire of the Ghouls. Yes, um, I'm already excited about uh, mashing that up, maybe with the uh, Matthew Colville Stronghold stuff, and yes. like building like strongholds in the Underdark. I want to do that. I think that could happen. Yeah, right, we'll make it happen. Good. Sweet. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming by. Hey, thanks for having me. Where can Always people a pleasure. Fi- find you on Twitter, just in case they uh, don't know? You can find me personally at Monkey King. You can find Cobalt Press at Cobalt Press on Twitter. Uh, we also have a Cobalt Press and Midgard fan page on Facebook. We've got a blog. We've got a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Cobalt Press. Did I miss anything? Maybe there's an Instagram. <laughs> we, got a, we have a Twitch stream. 
Have you been doing some Twitch stuff? Uh, Dan Dillon is is back. He's doing Tuesday nights. Oh yeah. Uh, World Tree Burns on Twitch. Uh, and V Muse out uh, for the crafty terrain builder who you may know. She's doing yeah. The Last Air on Thursdays and has been renewed for a new season. Fantastic. Ooh, very so, yeah, good. two actual play streams uh, on Twitch at Cobalt Press. Can't cool. miss. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. I need my shades. Get it's your shades bright. on Future's and then so bright. we can go out with a deal with it. <laughs> 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 or the, uh, <laughs> what's the CSI? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The, oh, yeah! The CSI is- <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Wolfgang. <laughs> See you Thank later. You. All right. I love talking to Wolfgang Bauer. Me too. He is a good person both inside and outside. He's just a fun, nice, kind Talented, wonderful person. He's such a good uh, writer as well as yeah. as, as designer and a, and a team leader. Uh, brings all the and he's excellent at articulating all of those wonderful things that Cobalt is doing. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, Love him. It's uh, a good day when we get to talk to him. I agree for sure. I agree. Um, so I'm excited for all they've got going on. Go check it out if you haven't already. And you check out, of course, everything that's happening for Dungeons & Dragons. How would I do that? Well, you could go to DungeonsAndDragons.com. Okay. Good place to start. You could follow us on the Twitters. Yes. Wizards underscore DND. Great. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. Follow us on the Facebooks, uh, although I would suggest deleting your Facebook account, but, you know, that's just me. Uh you could, but if you really wanted to get D and D content, you can do that there. And then, uh, of course, I think the best way that more people should be doing is downloading Dragon Plus to your phone. Yes, the Dragon Plus application. That's the easiest. It's got everything you need and more. Yep, there are <laughs> and more and more. There's maps, there's TRPG content, there's short stories, there's previews of uh, upcoming products, yep. there's in-depth interviews with ongoing products or previous ones. Beautiful it's, covers. It's nice. I really good-looking covers. covers. I really do. Yeah, it's got a lot going on. It's galore. Um, but there are, uh, you know, so many issues that have come out, and I, and I think the one came out right before the holidays, and I want to make sure people were downloading it because it's got lots of great stuff in it. Yes. Do it. Do it. Uh, you Do can it get now. all of that content on dragonmag.com as well. So check it out if you haven't already. There is also tons of uh, content that's happening here on the Twitch channel. Some of our uh, friends, uh, as I said, were here in the office before, but uh, Tanya DePass and her crew from Rivals of Waterdeep is gearing up for a season six. Uh, Sharif will be taking over as Dungeon Master from Cicero Holmes, which oh, I'm really cool. excited about. And uh, we, of course, have uh, uh, Droam and Defiance Wrestling. Uh, our friends at Hyper RPG have been yep. doing that. That's been a wrestling show set in the world of Eberron, which has been a super fun way to get a uh, different flavor of D&D content out there. It's got monsters in it, so you're going to love it because it's Monster Madness, basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a wrestling format, uh, which perfect. is fantastic. They had Brandon Cutler. Uh, professional wrestler as a guest character that. last week, and we've got some exciting new guests coming oh, on really? to that show and potentially on Dragon Talk to promote their appearance on there coming forward. So that's I'm, amazing. I'm excited. You'll love uh, the guest that's being uh, talked about there. I can't wait. Um, that's on Hyper RPGs at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays. I think there's a couple more episodes in the hopper before they close out this season. So check it out if you can. 
Dark Lanterns is also a fantastic show set in Eberron with a 60s spy mod flavor That's to awesome. it. Um, in addition to all the fun fantasy that goes on there. So check that out on the D&D YouTube page. Um, the folks at Saving Throw Show and Garav Galati, the DM there, have been fantastic. So uh, it's worthwhile and it is... Uh, only an hour long on the episodes, oh, so wow. it's an easy way to jump in and, uh, you know, get that fix uh, totally. each week. Um, and I think there's uh, more episodes to come on that, so it should be cool. Very nice. Um, and then, of course, D and D presents is going to be coming very soon. Uh, Dun- uh, Chris Perkins will be dungeon mastering for a fantastic cast, uh, which include Anna Prosser, Nate Sharp, Mika Burton, and James Indovino. Uh, it is going to be very cool. It's very cool. Yes. I'm very excited about that. We'll get more information about when that will debut, uh, but we're aiming for within, I don't know, a quarter. Okay. Three quarters. I can work with that. Four quarters, five months. No, one month. I don't know. It's very soon, but I don't have the exact date. Right now and two years. (laughs) It's a big range. (laughs) That is a big range, uh, but it's going to be sooner than that. I just won't have the exact date. Well, people will be pleasantly surprised and excited when when we we deliver early. When we do announce it, exactly, (laughs) they will. Uh, But look for more information for that uh, here on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash D&D, or, of course, on our social media platforms, which I already mentioned. Yep. Hey, where are you on the social medias? I'm on Twitter, at Shelly Moo. Yeah. Find me. Cool. Yep. I'm at Greg Tito. Okay. Talk all about stuff. Yep. Um... We haven't been able to really figure out what's been going on in this cave, though, this whole time. No, it's kind of bugging me, too. I just feel like the answer is right at my fingertips. This finger? Yeah. Well, oh. I mean, what about this finger? Yes. Oh, God. Oh. Hey, I got a what, 13. Lucky number 13 on the microphone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ah! Ah!